Walker and Ubit. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's podcast, I want to discuss using a C-Corp locker, domestic or foreign, and how that could potentially block the application of the unrelated business income tax on your self-directed IRA investment. So let's get started. Firstly, what is a C-Corp locker? Well, C-Corp is a corporation that has two layers of tax. There's a corporate layer and a shareholder level. And if you compare that to an LLC, an LLC is a pass-through entity. It has one layer of tax, a member, a shareholder level. There's no entity level tax on an LLC. So if a corporation makes $100, there's a 21% flat corporate tax rate to leave the corporation with $79. And then a dividend from the C-Corps to the shareholders would be subject to a dividend tax of let's say 15 uh, or so percent. So that's two layers of tax. If the LLC made $100, there'd be no entity level tax and the member would pay tax at his or her ordinary income tax rate. And so that's why for the last 20 or so years, most small businesses, most funds are set up as LLC pass-through investors. Now let's move into the IRA 401k world. In most cases, when a retirement account makes an investment passively and generates interest, dividends, royalties, rental income, capital gains, it's all tax deferred or tax-free in the case of a Roth IRA. It's one of the main advantages of using a retirement account to make an investment is that it's generally tax deferred or tax-free in the case of a Roth. However, in three instances, a ugly four-letter word called the UBIT or UBTI, also known as unrelated business income tax, will apply in those three specific instances, which are one, retirement account uses a loan to buy stocks. And in all cases, a loan involving a retirement account must be non-recourse. Non-recourse is a loan not personally guaranteed by the IRA or retirement account holder. Why? 4975C is clear that you cannot personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA. So therefore, that's why all retirement account connected loans must be non-recourse. Two, use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate. There is an exception for solo 401ks in certain circumstances where the UBIT tax for using the non-recourse loan to buy real estate will not apply to 401ks. And then thirdly, which apply to IRAs and 401ks like margin and stock is when a retirement account IRA or 401k invests in an active trader business, like a restaurant, through a pass-through entity, like an LLC. Now, there's an exception for corporations, right? If you own Tesla, Apple, IBM, Ford, Netflix, right? Peloton, maybe you don't want to, but if you do. And it's a corporation, as you know, you don't have to pay UBIT, right? That's why no most retirement account holders never heard of UBIT. Because when you buy mutual funds or ETFs or publicly traded securities, there's corporations in almost all instances, and they block the application of the UBTI tax. So that brings us to the blocker strategy. In most cases, you don't need a blocker. When you need blockers are if you're going to trigger the UBIT tax, right? If a retirement account is going to trigger UBIT, again, margin by stock, non-recourse loan by real estate, or invest in an active trader business. So hedge funds, private equity funds, venture capital funds, those real estate funds use leverage, right? Those are the four main instances where a blocker will be set up. 
Now, if you're an individual investor, you may set up a C-Corp locker. If you're investing in a you know, private business, that's a pastor entity, like your friend's ice cream shop or your friend's uh, manufacturing um, entity. But if you're investing in funds, generally private equity, venture capital, um, hedge fund, real estate fund, those are the situations you'll want to do a blocker. Why? The highest maximum UBIT tax rate is 37%. And that gets triggered at a very low rate, around 15,000 or so. Whereas the corporate tax rate is 21%. So using the blocker, you're not eliminating the UBIT tax. It's not going from 37 to zero in most cases. It's going to 37 to 21%. So you got to run the numbers. You know, I was speaking to a client on Friday and we're going through some scenarios. Like sometimes it's just a numbers game. So for example, you're investing in your friend's business. He's going to generate maybe a thousand, two thousand dollars in net income a year. Okay. The C Corp blocker will force you to pay 21% versus 37%. Okay. Maybe it's a little bit of saving, not material. There's costs involved in setting up the C Corp. What about loan? Let's say you're using an IRA to buy uh, real estate and you're using 20% leverage, 30% leverage. And maybe that UBTI income amount, remember the, the UBTI tax only applies to the leverage portion of the income. So if you're using 20% leverage and 80% cash, then about 20% of the net income from that investment will be allocated or subject to UBIT. So maybe that's only 6,000 bucks. And if you use a C-Corp blocker, it's 21% on all the income, not just 20%, right? C-Corp, you pay the 21% on all the income. So maybe you're better off paying the UBIT tax of 37% on 20% of the income versus 100% of the income subject to 21%. I run the numbers, no right or wrong. And what about foreign blockers? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because this is super complicated. Okay, Most big hedge funds, private equity funds, real estate funds, venture capital funds that want foreign investors, you know, people from Saudi Arabia or Europe or China, um, are going to need to set up a foreign blocker, let's say in Cayman or BVI. Why? Because foreign people don't want to file U.S. tax returns and don't want to be slapped with 30% withholding. So they're going to set up, in a lot of cases, um, a foreign blocker in a jurisdiction with no tax. Some cases, they'll set up a blocker in a jurisdiction that has a really good tax trigger with the United States to reduce the dividend tax, maybe. Um, but it depends on the investment. A lot of the real estate hedge funds, private equity funds that I deal with set up Cayman or BVI um, blocker corps. So that means someone from China could use that entity, but also an IRA could then send the money to the foreign blocker. The foreign blocker would then sometimes invest in a US corp and the US corp will invest in the fund. Um, they put in the US corp there so the foreign people don't have to file the K1s um, tax filings with the US um, entity because they don't want to deem to be effectively connected income. Right? If they, a foreign company owns US LLC that owns real estate, that's deemed effectively connected income, which can trigger all kinds of tax um, issues. So if you have a US blocker, the US corp would file the return and not uh, the foreign persons would have to potentially disclose their ownership in that, in that fund. So usually you go IRA, foreign, corp, foreign blocker, Cayman, or BVI, foreign blocker, US Corp, US Corp into the fund. Um, the idea, obviously, in private equity venture capital is when you sell the business, the sale of the Cayman shares or the sale of the um, BVI corporation would not be subject to withholding tax. And since there's no tax in the Caymans and it's capital gain transaction, there's no tax in the US either. 
that's the way you would do it. Um, dividends, a little more complicated. There's something called dividend received deductions where you can potentially reduce the taxation of 100% on the dividend received deduction from the US Corp to the foreign corp. Not gonna get into that. That's like hardcore US international taxation. Uh, you're gonna have to deal with a big firm for that, but don't worry. The funds you're investing in will be able to assist you. Um, what about real estate? Real estate's a little complicated because there's something called FERPTA. When a foreign person or foreign company owns an interest in US real estate, there's potentially a 10% gross withholding tax. That's known as FERPTA. Um, there's ways to get around it when you have a foreign corp um, that generally is in the BVI. And through, and again, I don't want to kind of get into this, but it's through section 7874. Just if you're listening, there's a way if you start with Cayman that owns a US corp that owns real estate, you can sell the Cayman stock to BVI and then um, sell the BVI shares and not pay any um, FERP the tax or potentially any, any US tax for a retirement account holder. So there are strategies. A lot of these funds will help you or at least put you in touch with the right people. Again, most of these funds will need you to be a credit investor, have minimum investments of 250,000 plus. So you're not talking about small investments. Um, and in those cases, foreign blockers may make sense. In most cases, they'll have foreign blocker structures set up already. So they'll be able to explain to you how it works. Why? Because they want foreign money and they want pension money. It's a lot of this $30 trillion of retirement money, a lot of foreign money out there. And foreigners don't want to have anything to do with the United States from a tax standpoint. Um, so they don't want the income effectively connected income, ECI. So they want blockers to block any tax filings. Um, and then they'll force the US government to go after their income in BVI, which is almost impossible because um, the US government will likely not know it's even there. Um, so uh, that's kind of the play. Most of my clients will do US blockers. They'll reduce the 37 to 21% and they're cool with that. So the more sophisticated clients of mine will use Cayman or BVI blockers, BVI for real estate, Cayman for um, uh, private equity, venture capital, hedge funds. Um, most of the time, they're not going to ask you to set one up yourself. They'll do it for you because they're going to want to raise tens, if not hundreds of millions from foreigners and pension funds. So it will be set up already. So you're not going to have to set up you know, a foreign blocker to invest in a really big fund. It's a small fund. You may have to. And again, if you're doing like your own individual deal in your friend's business, you're probably not going to need Cayman. You probably just do US and reduce 37 to 21%. You're probably cool with that. Um, but again, if you want to go to zero, you potentially could do um, a Cayman company. Um, and especially if your play is going to be uh, a sale, then the sale of Cayman stock, assuming a buyer wants to buy the, the Cayman stock, uh, would not be subject to UBIT tax um, as a capital gains uh, structure. So Anytime you deal with foreign uh, entities, it's complex. There's uh, the, the US tax regime is very, very um, complicated when it comes to uh, foreign taxation. Trust me, I, I practiced tax law for nine years at big firms. And there's, there's, I took in law school and when I was studying, got an LLM taxation, I took a number of um, for, uh, taxation, foreign taxation classes, and they're the most complicated because there's all kinds of branch profit tax, portfolio interest exceptions, subpart F, PFIX, CFCs. There's a million rules that if you're not an expert, you're going to get tripped up. So if you are looking to do a Cayman or a BVI Corp, um, talk to the fund you're investing in and get a tax attorney or a CPA.
because you, you can't do it on your own. Even me, I haven't been practicing law for a number of years. Uh, if I had to do one of these structures my own, I would hire a, a tax lawyer to help me because the laws change. They, they, some of the rules change in 17 with the uh, Jobs Act and uh, you just don't want to mess around with this stuff because it's super complicated. Um, but there are right ways to do it. And the tax attorneys that are practicing are really good in this area and know the rules and they can help you structure something to minimize taxation, just like the BVI um, trick when you sell Cayman stock to a BVI company and get around FERPTA. Uh, and there's also uh, ways under 7874 um, for Cayman Island Corps to essentially um, avoid dividends um, through dividend received deductions. Um, and then there's portfolio interest exception for uh, interest exceptions, um, avoiding withholding tax. Because the key is, hey, if you're doing a foreign blocker, you don't want to pay any tax. You don't want 30% withholding. That's the worst. You don't want to pay for up to tax, 10% on real estate. Um, and you don't want to pay U.S. income tax, UBIT tax, 37%. So you're looking at ways to either do 21% of a C-Corp blocker or less. The goal is zero. So the only way you would use a Cayman or BVI is if you can reduce the 21% to zero. Some cases, depending on the ultimate investment, you can do it, right? If it's dividends, interest, capital gains, depending on how the structure is, you potentially reduce it to zero. In some cases, it may not be worth the cost. It can generally cost you 10K or so to set up and you know, five to six, five to 10 grand annually to um, stay in good standing because you need board minutes, you need local agents and the law firms um, take advantage of that. So, um, sometimes it just doesn't make sense, right? If you're going to generate like $8,000 of, of income, you don't want to pay 6,000 to keep a C-Corp blocker and, and Cayman. One last thing I want to mention, if you have less than a thousand dollars in that income, subject to UBIT, you don't have to follow 990T. The 990T is the tax return followed by the retirement account, not you personally, to April 15th by the retirement account, not you. Under a thousand dollars in net income subject to UBIT, you don't have to file. You also could take advantage of losses. If you're doing real estate funds or other types of funds and you have losses, you can use those losses to offset future UBIT and, and future years. So that's a positive as well. Call us if you're a client of our financial. We have a lot of expertise in the area. We have accountants, you know, tax attorneys that, that can assist. But I'm just saying, if you want to kind of uh, maneuver around the foreign blocker uh, entity structures, get help because it's super complicated and talk to the fund you're investing in. Uh, I wouldn't probably do it for just a one-off individual investment into the US, um, like a, a standalone business. I'd probably just do a C-Corp blocker and reduce 37 to 21 because doing a, um, a foreign blocker uh, may not help because it's a small business. No one's gonna wanna buy your Cayman stock. Um, so it may not help. Whereas if you're dealing with uh, private equity or hedge funds, um, and there's capital gain sales, there's a lot more flexibility in um, you know getting that income to the foreign blocker without um, any withholding tax, especially on capital gain transactions, which is what hedge funds, private equity do. Um, the real estate's more complicated because of FERPTA. Um, so all in all, foreign foreign blockers are doable. They're, they're great, but you need to work with experts. C-Corp blocker is a lot easier, but you're really going to reduce the tax just to 21. It's not going to go to zero. So um, hope it helps. Um, I'm going to do a lot more info on this. I got a lot of questions on C-Corp blockers, and it's, there's really not a lot out there. I feel like the tax attorneys keep all the info them, um, to themselves. So I'm going to try to share the love with you guys, and I don't want to keep it, 
try to keep it simple. It's overly complex. I don't want to do that because what's the point? Um, you're just going to get more confused. But U.S. blockers could help. Not going to reduce to zero or reduce to 21%. Foreign blockers could reduce the UBIT tax to zero, but based off what the investment is, private equity, a hedge fund versus real estate fund, and then you know Cayman versus BVI, and then how is the U.S. operation set up? Are you going to need another blocker in the U.S., especially if it's dividends to get a dividend received deduction, if it's real estate, um, or if it's just a private equity fund? Good news is a lot of the bigger funds will have all this in place for you, so you're not going to have to even figure it out. So thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe. Great YouTube channel. Um, this is a weekly podcast that drops every Tuesday. So definitely um, look out for it. Appreciate you guys spending some time with me. I hope it didn't get too complicated. I tried to explain you know, what a blocker is, what a C-Corp is, U.S. versus foreign taxes, but it's a super, super complicated uh, topic. Trust me. Um, anytime I got an international tax assignment uh, when I was a lawyer, I liked it because it's challenging, but I knew I was going to stay late and have to do tons of research because it's so damn complicated. So um, anyways, um, I did my best to keep it as simple as I could. I hope you guys found it interesting and helpful. Uh, and if you did it, my bad, I'll, I'll do better next time. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day and take care. Thank you.